Hey, hey, sisters, and welcome back to another episode here on the Intentional Mom Life with Jesus podcast. Today, I am sharing a guest interview with Hannah Peru. We are talking about God-sized dreams, a little bit of a story about her achievement of this God-sized dream that she had on her heart ever since she was a little girl. She is an artist, so we're talking about the creative process. We talk about our identity in Christ and worshiping the creator and And in the end, Hannah shares some encouragement to listeners about simplifying our responsibilities and roles in marriage and motherhood. Are you overwhelmed by your never-ending to-do list? Are you tired of your schedule running you? Do you struggle to find balance or harmony between mom life and everything else that you have on your heart and on your plate? If you're here, you're likely a busy mama wearing multiple hats, the most important of which being child of God and mom simultaneously. You desire to live more intentionally, striving to be a good steward of all the gifts that God has given you, and you want more productively peaceful days. Welcome to the Intentional Mom Life with Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Star Robertson, Jesus freak, mom blessed by adoption, wife, wonderluster, and your intentional living and biblical mindset coach. On this podcast, you will find abundant motherhood solutions that will set you free from the chaos, overwhelm, that never-ending to-do list, and help you create a schedule that actually works for you and your family. My mission is to help busy mamas just like you establish faithful foundations, live from purposeful priorities, and master your motherhood mindset. If you're here, you're ready to say yes to intentional, productive, and peaceful days in Jesus. So grab your cold brew and your planner or strap those kiddos into the car seat and let's jump into today's episode. with a guest, Hannah Peru. She is a longtime lifestyle photographer, designer, author, illustrator, mom of three and wife to a Marine. She is the owner of Hannah Peru photography and also Treehouse storyteller. Hannah, welcome. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that introduction? Sasha, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this conversation. I just love who you are and what you love talking about, and I can't wait to share that with you today. Um, Yes, I am a photographer, designer. Uh, My most recent venture was starting Treehouse Storyteller, which is kind of my children's book corner of my photography business. So I've kind of taken art from over the years and and photography experience. And I've started to just paint a lot more and get back to my uh, fine art roots that kind of started my design journey. And that's, you know, a lot of where you'll see me today, although I'm still absolutely behind the camera all the time and still keep my feet wet with design when (laughs) the Lord allows me to do that. Nice. I love that you are like, uh, that you are an artist, not like an artist. You are an artist. I remember (laughs) this was years ago, probably over a decade ago. Somebody's like, well, I could tell 
you're really creative. And I was like, no, I'm not like, I used to be creative, but I'm not creative. And so my hair was like all different colors at the time. And, and so really I do like to see myself as a creative person, but it's like time and place, right? I think God created us all in his image. And so to a certain extent, we're all a little bit creative, but I would never consider myself an artist. And one of the things that you said you love talking about is the creative process. So I'm interested to hear like from an artist, would you tell me and all of the listeners more about the creative process as you see it? Wow. Yeah. I could give you a formal uh, idea of what that looks like. And I could give you a real everyday idea of what that looks like. Honestly, it changes for me depending on what exactly, what kind of project I'm working on. Sometimes by personality, I'm really spontaneous and I just wing it, um, to tell you the truth. But there are other times where I really have to plan. Mm -hmm. I really have to write out notes and really have, um, you know, the more traditional sense that you would hear in a classroom if you were in design school like I did, um, where you're making bubble diagrams. And, you know, it, it doesn't look pretty until you really get into actually doing the art of something. And my design background, I was in commercial design for a long time. That's what my degree um, at Purdue was. And I loved it. I'm still extremely passionate. If you get me on that topic, I will talk your ear off. So I won't do that today. <laughs> um, but I learned a lot from that process on how to apply that to something like watercolor. I need to be organized. I need to have a plan. I need to maybe sketch some things out. And that might not be sketching in an art sense, but sketching with words and planning what I want to do with my paintbrush or behind the camera, for instance. Um, there's a lot of sessions that I do where I really have to wrap my head around it. Maybe it's a session I don't typically do. And so it doesn't come as naturally to me. And I have to, in order to make sure I'm creative with that session and with that time with a client, I have to really kind of plan out. And sometimes that honestly can look like just going through Pinterest for a really long time and getting inspiration and absorbing different ideas and seeing what other creatives have done and see what I like and what I don't like. Um, and other times that's just, that's really with relationship and communicating with the client and really understanding what their needs and their expectations are from me. And so I think a really good artist that works with other people, when you know your, your target audience, whether that's a client or someone that buys a product from you, you have to understand what they need and use that information, which in the design world, it's called a user needs analysis. I'll geek out for a second. But that really tells you what you need to accomplish for the person that ultimately is going to be the end consumer of your product or whatever, you know, whatever it is. So, you know, that's, and I guess you could, you could work with that with podcasts too. I mean, you want to know what people want to listen to, right? So it, it works the same way. And I don't think that just to encourage you, I don't think the word creative needs to be defined by art supplies. You know, I think right. that can be your creative with the concepts that come into your brain. You're creative with planning. You're creative with something, an idea that's out of, out of the box. So I don't think, you know, our world has def defined and kind of put artsy or crafty in the creative cluster box and it doesn't have to be that could you know anyone can a biologist can be creative on how they they figure out um you know 
whatever biologists do. I'm not a biologist. <laughs> I love that. Um, I think about too, like when I think about being creative, that's one of the first things that comes to my mind is like doing crafts with my son. And I love these like paint nights, you know, we just did one that was like watercolor and I love watercolor and I didn't ever touch watercolor until I was at a women's retreat with our church once. And they had, you know, scheduled a couple hours of downtime where you could go out for a walk or a hike. You could take a nap, you could read a book, you could play games, or you could do arts and crafts. And the woman leading arts and crafts brought a lot of watercolor stuff. And I was like, I love this. So since that time, like over a decade ago, I've realized I am actually very creative. I love especially digital design, creating um, like digital graphics and websites. And um, I love macrame is something that I've recently picked up. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I love watercolors, but I also think about getting crafty with my son and even just like playing Play-Doh with him is like a way to design and then just get rid of it quickly, you know? Um, (laughs) But when you were talking about, it's like kind of the art of something and winging it versus planning it. I, I thought of this art of podcasting because just like you had mentioned, um, it is kind of like this taking ideas and turning them into something more. And so I've done really both with my podcasting and you, you talking about, um, I don't know what, what your specific wording was, but I use this mind meister, like brain Mm -hmm. kind of mapping website that I'm using to map out my podcast right now. Because when I first started, it kind of was just like wing it. I felt God say go. And I was like, okay, Lord, and just showing up and whatever he had put on my heart. And now I have been doing a lot of market research, a lot of this user needs analysis, if you will. Um, And what are my listeners wanting to hear? What are their pain points? What, in what way can I direct my podcast and my um, episodes to answer those questions and those needs for them? So I am doing more of the planning aspect right now, which again, is this season that I feel like God is really called me into. And, and that brings me to another point. And sorry, I feel like we're going totally off script because prior to hitting record, <laughs> we had talked about a couple of things we're going to talk about. Um, and now I'm like, this just is, I guess, a perfect segue. You love talking about God shaped dreams. And so I just want to hear kind of in your words, a little bit, Hannah, what is a God shaped dream? Like, how do we recognize those and what maybe are some of yours? I love digging into people's dreams and like, let's just go deep right off the bat. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I am, I am not a surface person either. So Mm -hmm. when I meet people, it's not, not like, Hey, how's the weather? How are we doing? It's, Hey, what's going on in your life? How is your heart? Really? What's going on? You tell me, tell me everything. You know, I like really being relational. And so back to your question about dreaming is that I, I am definitely a dreamer. I have ideas. My husband will tell you, I drive him bonkers. I have way too many good ideas all the time. (laughs) Um, But the problem with dreamers often is that they don't know how to execute. So they're really good visionaries, but we need people around us. And I was recently at um, Sparks Media Conference in Nashville in March. And one of the speakers, I can't think of the gentleman's name right now, um, but he he was talking about Walt Disney of all people. Um, and he was talking about how Walt Disney needed 
a map maker because Walt was a visionary. And that idea has stuck with me so, so like, I mean, just, I, I can't shake it because I'm now walking through my dream world of all the things that I envision and would love to do. And, ooh, I'm totally gonna do this one day and I'm gonna do this next week. I have to, at the same time, be thinking, okay, now who are my key people or who do I, you know, put this part of the job off on? Um, who do I ask for help, which is hard for me to do? And how is it ultimately going to actually happen? How, are we, or how am I to execute it when I can see this vision, but I need people around me to really spur me on and to really push me? And so I have found dreamers, um, you know, really need that, that person or people group around them that are willing to stand by their dream and believe in their dream in order to help them build the map. So I've been pushing myself and I would challenge other dreamers out there um, to really, while you are dreaming, instead of just thinking of the end idea and the end goal of what you really, really love, to really start building a map and making yourself kind of, if you don't have someone around you to really help, um, that you take the time yourself to kind of sketch out what that might look like. Um, you mentioned like mind mapping, that whole kind of idea, just, you know, it can be super messy. It can be a list. It doesn't have to be pretty. Um, it could be pretty. It would be fun for it to be, um, but it doesn't have to be. And really just, um, so the dreams that I, sorry, I got off track with that, but the dreams that I really have from a very early age, I, really wanted to write and illustrate children's books. Um, I've told this story before, but my dad um, really encouraged me to not just go to school to be an educator or not an illustrator, to get the education to be an illustrator, but rather to get the education to do something that I can have a 401k. He's a financial planner. <laughs> he just retired, but you know, he he's insurance and financial planner so of course he's going to raise his daughter to make sure she's got a firm foundation and feet to stand on when it gets tough right so so i made sure went to purdue i didn't go to fine art school i went and got a design school that i could go into a um, architecture firm have the 401k have the office have you know have all the benefits and he's like you can always do art Otherwise, you can always illustrate on the weekends, at night, whatever, but get the get the real job first. And I'm really glad that he did that because it it really gave me um, a firm foundation to realize, okay, if I am going to have these big dreams, I need to also understand business. I need to understand how to be organized. I need to know deadlines, and those aren't necessarily fine art skills. Right. <laughs> um, and you know, the creative isn't naturally one to also be organized. Um, I'm thankful that this is a podcast and we're not like on live broadcasts where you can see my entire office space because it it's like, okay, move all of the paint stuff over here so that now I can set up and find my keyboard and, you know, find all the things for my computer. So, um, yeah. So dreams, I went in a big, huge circle around the question, but, um, you know, kind of that fine art starving artist idea, but really making something of it 
And that's, you know, really what every artist or creative wants to do is get their, their art out into the world. And for me, that's showing off God's glory. That's not showing off me, but hopefully through my art that people that see it will know him because of things that I've created. I love that. And you, in, in your explanation, I love that you talked about, you know, this plan, um, that your dad had encouraged and how, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily exactly what you wanted to do, but it helped like equip you for the journey that you had ahead. It helped you with organization, which isn't necessarily a strength. And I think for creatives too, like, um, an artist, like deadlines aren't, necessarily because how do you rush the creative process like you have to I I don't know I'm just like wait till the juices are flowing right and then and then attack while it's hot but um I love that you had brought that up because I think those are our indeed skills that we all need to have and remember and um and then even taking it back to what you're talking about Walt Disney is like finding the people that can fill the gap and help build that map in the areas where maybe you're not strong. Like before we jumped on, we were talking about Hannah will potentially, maybe even by the time this airs, have a podcast. But there are some (laughs) things that are like, she's got the visionary, she's got the dream world. She's even got some content like premeditated, if you will, mapped out. Um, But then there are just some pieces of the map that are like, kind of like a blank or need, you know, the dots just connected in there. And so I love that, that what you talked about was just really so relevant to not just having all of these dreams, but like what ones are by God. And then I I don't think you said this specifically, but I'm just thinking about how he is, is almost like the map maker too. Like he can see the map Mm -hmm. and he knows who he's going to connect to make that map come together. Um, And I think those are the ones that we really need to lean into. Um, and so I I was sharing with you how this podcast like came to be and I was like, Oh, I'm going to do it in January and whatever else. And then it was like four months ahead of schedule. I'm like push pushing, (laughs) go live and publishing my first episode. And since then, even just seeing this journey that he has like built the map for, and just shown me the next step, the next step, the next step and brought people in, whether it was podcast guests or, um, you know, teachers or other podcast episodes, just ways for me to learn and then continue to lead into his obedience to like, take those steps to, um, to pursue that dream. And I think I've seen one of those things for you too, which you've, you've mentioned on a little bit before, um, but was to, to illustrate and, and publish these children's books. And so, um, Treehouse storyteller is your business of that. Can you dig in and tell us a little bit more about that dream, how it came to life and like, what is street Treehouse storyteller? What are, what is this book or books that you've put out there? And, um, like what, why would we as moms want them? Awesome. So Treehouse Storyteller, I have to give you a backstory with the name. I struggled for a long time. Like, what should I name this? I wanted, I was working on my very first book, which is called Farm to Film, um, an alphabetical adventure told through the eyes of an old lens, lens meaning an old camera lens. Um, because I'm a photographer, I went that route um, with my first huge idea that I had to publish. But I wanted, I wanted to self-publish, 
but I didn't want to just self-publish under my name. I wanted it to feel legit. I wanted it to be like, this is going to be like a real publishing house that's a small indie publishing house. And so that's where Treehouse Story came from. And the background of the name uh, during 2020, when we're just all home, have way too much time to do a lot of things, my husband and I and his brother, we basically built a tree house, which, oh my goodness, it's really more of like a cabin that's like elevated on one side. It's it's a big, it's insulated, it's wow. fully, real windows, real doors. Uh, neighbors of ours were getting new windows and doors. And so we were like, don't trash them, we'll take them. So it was really a cheap project because we just, materials just kept landing in our in our laps. But the idea of the Treehouse Storyteller, I loved the concept of taking our kids out in the middle of our property and just being in this treehouse, being unplugged, being in the quiet, opening the windows, hearing the breeze through the pine trees and just being together. And then kind of that idea of like, you know, what stories would we tell in the treehouse? I just, I really loved that concept for a name. So I ran with that. And what has come of it so far is I've, I've published um, the first book I mentioned, Farm to Film. And then that also has a companion coloring book, which is super fun for kids to do. Um, my artwork in this particular book is very ge geometric and a little bit, um, I don't like the word whimsical. I don't feel like it, that quite matches it, but a little bit out of the box. It's not quite surreal, but it's, it's somewhere between real and surreal. Um, and just a lot of geometric shapes through uh, the different characters and the different, um, different pages. So it has a really fun application for kids to then color their own. And the next book I've been working on like crazy is a book that I, I won't tell you too much. I won't tell you what it's called yet, but it is essentially reclaiming the rainbow for our little ones. And, you know, really a book that, uh, goodness, from, you know, two to probably 10 year olds, I'm hoping we'll be able to really enjoy the truth that this book will offer. It's going to be completely biblical um, and just really bringing back the story of why God gave the rainbow to us in the first place and his promise for creatures and for this earth and for his children. And it is, you know, really just going to walk us through kind of debunking some other ideas that the rainbow has been used for in other folklore, or other stories and in culture and really reclaiming it for his truth. So that's, that's what I'm very excited about to get out. And I have goals and I have maps, but we'll see if it happens on time. I'm hoping that will be spring next year at the latest. Awesome. I love that. I, I'm very much similar to you in that I have like so many ideas and so many dreams. And I'm actually at the time we're recording this, I am on a social media fast, um, for 30 days at a, at a minimum. I don't know if God's going to call me to more after that, but he has just called me to like tune out the world and be more deeply rooted in him to sort out these, 
all of these dreams and that he's given me and, and, and create this vision with him. And I feel like you sharing this, um, this story of the treehouse storyteller and these books and everything is, um, is a perfect example of that. Cause God does put these like ideas and visions like on our heart that he really wants us to see through and to take those steps of obedience and bring about. Cause I can just imagine this book, like I'm definitely buying it. <laughs> I think we already talked about this, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we had first met, but, um, I love the rainbow and people are like, what's your favorite color? I'm like rainbow. Like I, I love all of them. <laughs> How am I supposed to pick? And I love going back to that. You know, it, it's a representative of God's promise to us. And yeah. one of the first like colors that my son would point out in books was bow. He always recognized mm-hmm. the rainbow too. Um, and he's, mm-hmm. he'll, he's almost three now, but, um, I just love that message and that mission that God has put on your heart. And I cannot wait to see it come to fruition. So <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that with us. And one of the other things that we had talked about talking about is creation. And, um, I know it's something that you're really passionate about and love and, and you had this kind of, um, message about creation and making sure we're seeking creation to worship the creator, not creation itself. So do you want to dig into a little bit more about that? I'd love to. So my first book kind of sets the tone for that. It is not overtly obvious that that's what I'm doing. However, it is really about pulling kids off of screens and tablets, getting back to books. And the whole book walks you through, it happens to walk you through the alphabet. But as it's doing that, the bigger purpose, while it's teaching the letters, the bigger purpose is giving kids time to notice things around them. And, you know, so often we are staring down at phones or I love that you're taking a break from social media. I think everyone, everyone needs to do that. (laughs) Um, At least at some point, I think that's something we need to realize just like, just like dieting or like, you know, I need to take a cleanse or whatever. We just, it's putting our, our bodies and our minds and our hearts ultimately in check and purging things that we know aren't good for us. And so you know, I really have always done this with my kids. This has come natural to me. I think my mom instilled this in me. Well, I know she did. Um, so we just walk through life um, and point out things that are around us. And, you know, whether that's, oh, look at that really awesome bird. That was my mom's thing. She would always point out the bird outside. Or, wow, look at that tree looks different. Look at the shape of that. Or, you know, just noticing unique things in everyday life. And that could be a truck. There's an old truck in my farm to film book. It could literally be an old truck and thinking about what old stories that truck, if that truck could talk, what old stories that truck would say, you know, and just really creatively imagining Um, you know, using your imagination to kind of wrap your head around these things. But my biggest push with my children is, man, isn't God so, you know, I have to follow up with not just, isn't that tree so cool looking, but wow, God created it. That's so unique. That's different. Um, And just really following up with the creator. 
and we talked about art and an artist um, typically puts their signature either on you know your bottom right corner or sometimes on the back and the lord's signature our true creator our artist of everything living and breathing is his signature is on it and we just have to look for it and we know through scripture that we can know who god is because of our nature because of his creation and his creation is there to show his glory and not the other way around he didn't make our creation for us to worship how beautiful and amazing it is even though we can see that and appreciate it the purpose of it is to give him the glory and give him the power and the awe and the mystery of how in the world he did it all and you know that's that's really the the big picture and so that's something that's always come easy to me is seeing the lord seeing god's goodness in nature around us and i love that we live in such a beautiful place that i it's very easy to see that but you know you grew up in the midwest a little bit too and you know there's flatlands and some ugly through the winter and <laughs> you i think i think that really um pulled my heart to find it even more in from a young age i really had to look for god's beauty in even things that you know maybe didn't look as pretty um naturally but i had to see his beauty in them anyways yeah <laughs> I love that. So when you were just talking about that, like his signature being on everything, I feel like being in Alaska, we are truly just spoiled by it. Like I just, every time I go outside, I am in awe of like, God made this. And we've had mm -hmm. some gorgeous sunsets out our front window these last few days, especially. And I just like have to stop and like, pointed out to my husband because it's, it's so late. My son's, my son's sleeping, you know, it's like, it's the middle of the night. We're having sunsets now it's like midnight. Yeah. Um, but just to stop what I'm doing and look at it's literally orange that fades, like it's yellow that fades to orange that fades to purple. And it's just like, and then you can see kind of like the blue of the sky. And I'm like, nobody could even paint something as hard as they mm -hmm. could try with the best paints, the best artist on the planet could never paint something as beautiful as what God just painted. And I think just like you're saying so many times we can overlook and miss mm -hmm. those moments. And a couple of things that came to mind when you were talking was this, this song, and I cannot remember who the artist is. Um, but he says, morning i see you in the sunrise every morning oh i know that like song. a picture that you painted for me a love letter in the sky anyways i'm not a singer <laughs> sorry i had to listen to that but every time i see a sunrise or a sunset i think of that song and i think of like god did that and he mm -hmm. might've done that just for me in this moment to be able to see. And how powerful mm -hmm. is that? The other thing that I was thinking of though, is um, from Romans one and it's verse um, 19 and 20. And it says, for what can be known about God is plain to them because he has shown it to them. His invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. 
So they are without excuse. And, um, Mm -hmm. it's just like, yes, so powerful. Like, I don't see how people can live in Alaska and not believe in a creator that created all of this. And I'm looking at just like, even this picture on my desk that I took when we were hiking one day, it's like, it's just pure beauty and our creator made that like, and so I, I agree. I agree with you. I love that you talked about, it's all about his signature and he did that and going back to worshiping him for what he's done and not worshiping creation itself. And, um, you'd even touched base a little bit on, you know, this camping season. And, um, before we hit record, there was a moose that was like right outside my window. And I was just like watching him eat. And then he like walked right by in front of me. And, and I was like, this is just so cool that I get to live here and, and see this. Um, cause yeah. it's not, it's not a city with a bunch of man-made buildings and concrete sidewalks and, and vehicles and like the feet of man. It's, it's literally surrounded by God's creation. And I'm, I'm so blessed yeah. to be here. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. I think it goes back to our identity too, because if God put that much effort into a tree or a moose, how much more, I mean, we are in God's image, how much more he um, you know, just poured his heart into creating us and he desires us to show his glory. If a tree shows his glory or a moose shows his glory, how much more are we to show him? So I just think that, you know, really gives us something to, to live up to and to be inspired by. Yeah. His, his purposes. Right. And like, yeah, Yeah. it, it gives us great purpose to know that, um, he was so intricate and in the details of us and being created in his image, just like you said, I absolutely love that. So I want to segue our conversation a little bit from this kind of like creativeness and our creator and, and stuff like that. You had some, uh, a valuable tip that you wanted to share with moms and and maybe it does still have to do with the creative process a little bit or (laughs) sitting down and, and writing some things out. So would you like to share that with us? You, you know more about what you want to say. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It was, I mean, nothing big or formal. It was just kind of one of those moments after my Bible study or during my Bible study that I felt led to kind of do this little miniature exercise. And I've told several people about it and I feel like there's something to it. Um, but I was thinking about kind of, you know, the prayers and the problems that I was praying through and that were heavy on my heart this particular morning. It was about a week ago and I was really struggling um, with one of my kiddos and just feeling like I wasn't parenting exactly how I should or I was, you know, I was having, having one of those I'm failing at this moments and really feeling um, discouraged and then I also just felt, you know, kind of like, you know, my husband and I were passing ships that week and it just felt like we were dry and I didn't know it was, we were, you know, miscommunicating and those kind of things. And so I just started down this exercise that really was kind of, it was spirit led, um, where the Lord was just telling me to write his will for these different problems going on in my life or the things that were heavy on my heart at least. And so, you know, kind of that problem number one being my child, 
okay, God, what is your will for me as a mother um, of how to parent her? And it was a really easy response of, okay, well, his will, and this is what the exercise was to do, is in simplest form, his will is for me to teach her truth. And how do I do that? Through his word. And then his will is to raise her as best as I can in the word, in truth, and to know and love him. And that's that's really it. You know, that's really my biggest goal or biggest responsibility as a mom is raising up my little arrows to shoot straight for the kingdom, right? So um, it took a lot of pressure off all of these decisions I was trying to make on my behalf or her behalf. And am I saying this in the right words? Am I using this tone? Am I using enough discipline or not, not enough? And it just went back to, okay, as long as I just keep feeding her God's love, his truth, um, and that she sees God through me, that then I am in his will as her parent. And then, you know, go to, go to, um, your relationships or go to your spouse or um, your marriage. And I said, okay, God, what's your will for my marriage? Okay, well, I know this one. This one is also um, very simple in words. And it's for this marriage to be a lifelong commitment, for this marriage to honor you, to glorify you, and for this to be till death does do we part, you know? And that made things so much more simple when you put that stamp of like this is what god designed it to be if we go back to the whole design and creation thing here i'll loop that in for you (laughs) um but if we if we go back to how he designed marriage to be it is man and wife to glorify him to be forever um and and you know to glorify each other through that or glorify him through each other um and putting that as the mark and his will um, in marriage, then it doesn't seem so hard. Like, okay, if I'm if I'm saying these words, that's not glorifying him. So I need to choose these words instead. Or if I make this decision, that's not really the most beneficial to my husband. So I need to make this decision instead. You know, it's it's an easy black and white case when you put a very simple will. You know, we get so worked up, I think, as Christians, we overthink. I've done it many times. We overthink, oh, what is God's will? You know, like back in like college, or should I buy this car? Is this, God, is this your will? Should I move to this place? Should I buy this apartment or that apartment? You know, like starting out. And then we get to, you know, bigger issues with with parenting and, um, you know, deeper into our marriages. And there's bigger decisions and bigger financial decisions and bigger weigh-ins. And we just have to go back to more simple things sometimes. And I think there's, you know, a time and a place for making specific decisions. And I think God really can help us do that. Um, I know that he does, but we can start with the big picture and really go, okay, is this, is this loving him? Is this fully glorifying him? And just start with those things. So I, I just encourage your listeners, um, you know, jot down a couple things that are just, you know, really on your heart today, listening to this, that you can just apply his biblical truth to whatever that problem is that they, um, you know, that you can really feel his peace 
about that issue, um, knowing that it's it's glorifying him and that you're you're moving in the right direction, um, if that's the case. So I just want to encourage everyone with that. It's really encouraged me this past week. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing it. And the, like a couple things that really stood out to me is like it's it's essentially like breaking it down to its simplest form. Like we can, we can get so hung up in details at times and almost like paralyzed by making these, these smaller decisions. And, and really it's like, okay, what are the biblical truths here? What does God say? And if these are my core values, then I can operate from them in the big and the small moments. And I just hear this process, just bringing peace. Like I just feel peace about all the decisions that then you have to make after that, once you have kind of like these core values and I'm just like, yeah, write them down and then write them on your windows or your mirror, put on a sticky note, you know, throughout the house, (laughs) write them on your fridge. Um, we actually have a magnet, um, that's in the intentional abundance store. Um, but it's the 10 commandments on a magnet, just so it can be on the fridge, like a place that you visit, multiple times throughout the day, especially with toddlers, like always needing a snack. (laughs) I go to the fridge all the time. And it's just a reminder to like, make sure I have those written on my heart at all times. And that, um, and so these are just like, to me, almost more of that, this write his will for this, like, what is my will or what is God's will for me as a parent in its simplest form? what is God's will for my marriage, for my friendships, for even my business, for those of us who are in business? Like, what does God actually want this to look like? Um, yeah. And, and I love that. So thank you so much for all of this, um, that you've shared with us today, Hannah. I'm super excited about your books. I hope that our listeners are too. Um, and for sharing about creation and God-sized dreams, the creative process, and then giving us this wonderful little exercise at the end here. If people wanted to connect with you um, or snag these books, where can we find you? Awesome. You can find me at thetreehousestoryteller.com. And that's where my books are. They're also on Amazon. Um, but I love when people go through my website. I get to know you a little bit more than through Amazon. And um, you can connect on Instagram, Facebook, email me, hannahperu.com um, is my photography website. So lots of, I'm all over the place, lots of places. And um, I've really enjoyed our time together. This has been really awesome, Sasha. I appreciate it. Awesome. Yes, it's been great. I am definitely filled up by our conversation and I will drop all of those links in the show notes. So everyone will um, be able to, to click those and, and find Hannah and connect and just learn more about um, all the different things that you're plugged into and, and putting out in the world. And, and just to get to know more of you and your sweetheart and um, everything that you have to share. So Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. And I hope you all have a blessed day.
Hey sisters, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I am just curious, are you one of those moms that maybe has not been realizing those God-sized dreams in your life? Maybe you're more of a visionary and not so much of a planner or executor. I want to help you break down these goals this year, help you get them on your schedule, prioritize them along with your family, your health, your home, your time with God, as well as rest and living in awareness. So if this sounds like something you're in for, drop down to the show notes, click the link for the 2023 Fresh Start, and join us 